Hey, Teresa. Hey, Sam. What's up? I was just mining in Wyoming. What about you? Nothing much. Just made an OnlyFans account. So what are we going to talk about today? For today's episode, we'll be talking about the film Caramel, directed by Nadine Labaki, over a cup of orange juice with lime. Then we'll interview my girlfriend, Alina, about her thoughts on the film. Great. Let's get started. So before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you to my friend Ellie for designing the cover of this podcast. So I chose this week's drink, which is orange juice with ice and a hint of lemon, because I was feeling a little creative with my citruses. Um, First of all, it's been really hot in Chicago and like around Chicago for the last couple days. So the ice was necessary. And the hint of lemon, honestly... um, it adds something to the drink. I'm not really sure what, but it gives it a little bit of a kick. When you said that I should add a hint of lime to this drink, I was skeptical. And after drinking it, I am still skeptical. <laughs> I actually hate orange juice. I don't like it. It's my least favorite drink. I don't understand why people would drink it for breakfast. Um, well, I understand, obviously, but I just like never liked it. And it's unfortunate that we had to drink this on today's podcast because before this podcast, I was drinking a sangria and that's really sweet. And then an orange juice on top of that just seems like the sweetness of the sangria without the the kick, you know, and then the weird lime. So um, (laughs) thank you for opening my taste palette. However, I would rate this drink uh, fine two out of ten wow as a certified bartender in the state of new york i would like to point out the lime is supposed to accentuate the the (laughs) Uh you're right it was terrible (laughs) it was a bad idea (laughs) well thankfully we're such good friends that we can move on from such a quarrel (laughs) so why don't we get into some background on how we found the film so sam how did you come upon this film caramel well i actually heard about it from you who heard about it through our guest on the show today and i came into the film basically knowing nothing about it and it was a cool experience to like i love hearing about films like through friends anyway i feel like that always makes me more like motivated to stick with it and see what they liked about it so it's cool hearing about it through friends Yeah, as you said, I was recommended this film by our guest today. And I also did not do any research on this film before watching it, which I usually do. And I also had never heard of it before. I've also never watched a Lebanese film. I don't know if you've watched a Lebanese film, but yeah, everything about this film was completely new to me. So a little background on this film, Caramel, and I'm going to butcher some names here, so I'm sorry if I do that, but it was directed by Nadine Labaki, who also happens to be one of the main characters, and 
basically this film, it's a Lebanese film that centers around the lives of five Lebanese women. And I would say the majority of the film takes place in a hair salon where some of them work. So one of them who the director plays, she's involved in an affair with a married man and that causes a lot of conflict in her life. And then there's Nizreen who is about to be a Muslim bride, but she's afraid that her husband will find out before the wedding that she's already lost her virginity to someone. And then there's Rima, the tomboy, who tries to fight against her attraction to one of her clients that always comes in um, and she does her hair. And then there's Jamale, who does everything within her power, basically, to reverse the effects of aging and getting old. And then there's the older character, Rose, who works in the shop next door. And basically her conflict is that she always struggles between her happiness and also taking care of her older sister who happens to be, she's like mentally deteriorating and basically needs Rose to take care of her. And this film came out in 2008. It also was Lebanon's official submission to the 80th Academy Awards for Best Foreign Film. So when I first started this film, I wasn't sure what to expect. Like we both said, we didn't do a lot of research on this film um, before we went in. But what really struck me about what was going on in the story is how there were so many funny moments in the little things that go on. And overall, I just really loved the story. At times, it felt a bit disjointed and I didn't know which character I was supposed to be following. But I really thought that the message behind the story and each of the characters were really, really interesting in all of their own rights. I would agree with the disjointed part. I think that there were a lot of really powerful scenes for the individual characters, but I would say like coming together, even though we know that they're friends, we know their lives are intertwined. It very much kind of feels like you're jumping around and without I guess, any background on the film, it's kind of hard to follow in terms of like where the climax is or like the typical quote unquote storyline. But what I did really enjoy about the film from like first glance was I feel like the acting was very realistic. And I feel like that's the type of style of acting that I usually appreciate more because a lot of you know, Hollywood films nowadays tend to be oversaturated. And this film just very much kind of felt like there's a cameraman just following these people around. And I also read earlier when I was doing research that um, the director purposely did not choose like well-seasoned or well-known actors and actresses. So I feel like that was definitely a purposeful look. Yeah. I mean, for me, this film was basically like built on the characters And what I loved about this film and what kept me interested like all the way through was that each of the characters was super strong and they all had motivations that made sense, even though a lot of the time they were kind of messes. Now that you mentioned that some of them were messes, like there's this one scene where one of the characters who the director plays, she basically spends all day doing this huge like birthday surprise for the man that she's in a relationship with, but he's married. And so like she goes through different hotels in order to make sure that she can go under a fake name and does all these things. And then 
at the end, he just never shows up. You know in your heart that that was a possibility and that was probably going to happen. And you feel so bad for her, but also you relate. Or I don't know if you relate, but I relate. (laughs) I can't say I relate to that, Teresa. But maybe our next guest, Alina, will. We're just going to say a couple words about her before we invite her on. Alina is actually my girlfriend. Wow. (laughs) Shocker. And she's an expert in film in general. She's always watching, eh, she's always watching non-American movies. I can't really say that I've ever seen her watching any movie that I usually watch, but she always has like great movie recommendations and they're always super obscure and she always knows what she's talking about. Unfortunately, Alina's not my girlfriend. But I did meet her through Sam, and she's just a wonderful person, has such great sense of style. I remember when she came to Chicago, she was kind of shy, and Sam was like, that's so weird. She's not usually like that. <laughs> then I came to Columbia to visit you, and I saw this whole different side to her. And I was like, yes, that is my queen. So <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sam, for introducing me to Alina wonderful gal and i think it's time that we call her on hey alina welcome to two virgins <laughs> hi how are you doing tell us about your day i'm doing pretty good um i went on a walk with my little sister earlier which is nice because she like never leaves the house hey and then i skateboarded and fell really bad what were you trying um, to do i was just trying to skate that's That's one of the hardest things to do and we like the grind so uh, if you would introduce yourself hi i'm alina um i'm an urban studies major at columbia i'm a really big iced coffee enthusiast and there we go i spend most of my days trying to learn how to skateboard and begging my sister to go on walks with me. Alina, while we're on the topic of iced coffee, would you like to shout out your favorite iced coffee brand or place that makes your favorite iced coffee? Yes. Um, there's this coffee brand called Columba. It's really good. Mm. They make like oat milk lattes, um, mocha, caramel, and they sell them in little cans at most grocery stores. Love it. We're so happy to have you on the show today, and thanks for choosing the film. I think we both really enjoyed it and are excited to talk about it. But before we get into our podcasting, what drink did you choose for us today? So we went to the grocery store a few days ago, and we got this like really cheap mango juice, and it was like a carton for like a dollar fifty, um, and that's like all I've been drinking the last few days. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it. Sounds delicious. It's oh, a lot better than our drink, to be honest. Yeah, wait, dude, all of our guests, all as in <laughs> two so far, all of our guests have had so much better drinks than we have. Fafa had a ginger beer from this niche brand, and you have some random $1 mango cart. Love this energy. Unfortunately, we cannot match your energy. Sam, why don't you tell her what disastrous, horrible drink you decided for us today? All right, you ready? So orange juice. Over ice. Wait, pulp or no pulp? Mm. Mild pulp. Mild. Um, so orange juice over ice. You got to let it sit for about uh, <laughs> five seconds. Right? 
because that's the time it takes to squeeze the, the lemon into it. Wait, so you mix lemon with the orange juice? Apparently we did. How is that? Mm, no. Not great. Yeah. See, that type of combo only works when there's alcohol in it because then you forget about the bad stuff exactly. when you're like, yee, you know, but like when it's just sitting there, like, <laughs> like, come on. I All right, let's move try. past my bad drink. Let's talk about the reason why we're here, the film. Alina, do you want to say a little bit about why you chose this film and like what your first impressions were of it? Yeah. So last summer, <laughs> Um, I took this film class called Arab and African Filmmaking, and our professor, um, his name is Richard Pena. He actually directed the New York Film Festival and is like really big in the scene. He played this film for us like towards the very end of the class, and it was like a more like modern take on like a lot of the films he was showing us. I personally really fell in love with it for a lot of reasons. Like the cinematography was really cool. It was also like the first female director he showed us. And like, I think the story just kind of resonated with me. All of the characters had a part of them that was super complex. And also just like there was a struggle against like society and like what is expected of them. And I found that to be like very powerful. I think it's just like a really good film to watch in general, just because of its like historical setting too, since it was like right after the Civil War and things like that. No, I totally agree with the women director part, first of all, because well, I pointed out earlier that like one of the main characters is the director herself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, how can you be so many things at once? But that was awesome. And then also... I read that the shooting of this movie ended just nine days before the Israel-Lebanon war happened in July of 2006. And I feel like this reminded me of one of my favorite books, A Little Life, because that book also just follows the intertwining lives of four people, basically. And it completely ignores what's going on in the world. And you just sort of get this really in-depth look at the lives of people and it just seems like very real very intimate like this is just their world and it's not like oh this is also happening um this is the context like no context except for you know where they're situated where they are and yeah i just feel like that's something i really appreciated about the film to go along with what you're saying i think the context is really important but sometimes when we do talk about context we like often forget there are actually like people living it so i think it does like a really good job of zooming in and zooming out of that and then just like following these like individual lives and like struggles with sexuality and like the topic mm -hmm. of virginity and things like that yeah and kind of going off of that like what scenes for you guys were powerful in terms of how you feel they represented the broader themes of the movie it's been like a year since I've seen it, so it might be my memory might be a little bit rusty, but there is that one scene where the one woman is washing the other woman's hair and she's like cutting it and styling it. And like you can tell there's tension between the characters, but it's so subtle and it's like performed in a way where like you wouldn't necessarily get it unless like you kind of did. And I think especially like the context in which this director comes from, like it's sometimes really difficult to talk about topics like sexuality. Um, but I think she performs it in like such a good way. And it's like a really beautiful scene, but it also has like a very important social message to it. That's funny because I kind of felt the opposite way. Definitely powerful social message, but I thought that it was so not subtle that it kind of took me out of it. When she first washed her hair, like I felt like, oh, there might be a little tension and that was cool. But then every time it was like more and more like not subtle. And then 
by the end when she ended up cutting her hair like I thought that was awesome and the fact that the film ended on a shot with the woman with the cut hair I thought was super powerful but I thought all of those shots the cutting hair like interspersed Mm. made it a little too obvious to me okay that's interesting I would agree that I feel like the expressions were fairly telling in their like interest of each other. But I think that what was subtle was that I feel like for all the other characters, well, not not Rose, but for the character who was having an affair with that married guy, it was like very talked about with the girls. Like they all talked about it. They all helped her get through it. And they're like, you're too good for him, whatever. With the tomboy girl who was cutting the other lady's hair that was kind of their moment like I don't think it was ever talked about amongst the girls she never brought it up it wasn't like you're in love with your client it was just a subtle thing between them and I thought it was interesting how she never brought it up with her friends and her friends also never seemed to notice I guess yeah one of my favorite moments in me and Teresa we're talking about this a bit earlier but I really think it kind of was the climax of the film and I think we could debate that but is when the main character prepares that entire dinner and sets up the hotel room and like gets stood up. But what I really loved about it was that instead of her friends consoling her and making it like this learning moment, they did what I think real friends do, which is like make fun of how like (laughs) shitty her cake was. And that's another thing that I really loved about this. Normally when I watch movies that aren't in English, Mm -hmm. I have a tough time with like comedy because it normally, reading something to me does not be the same way as hearing it. But this movie made me laugh out loud three or four times. And especially that cake scene where they were just like roasting her cake after she just got completely stood up, I thought was awesome. Yeah, I feel like that kind of speaks to a larger part of the film is just like how universal so many of their situations are. Honestly, I'm not very well-versed in Lebanese culture. It was just so many of the moments were so relatable. So basically before this, we were talking about that scene. And I said that I really felt for the girl, basically clown emoji on my face, doing all this shit for someone who doesn't care about me. And Sam said that he could not relate. But, you know, as, as our guests, we were wondering, can you relate to this feeling that she had when she set up all these things for the guy's birthday and then he just never showed up? I don't know. That's Damn really it. <laughs> I mean, like, not to the same extent. I don't think... I mean, I could resonate with her in, like, other scenes when I think that there was an instance where she like found his wallet and then like looked through it and was just Mm. like discovering things that (laughs) she didn't know and that kind of like made everything make sense and I feel like that scene in particular resonated more with me than the hotel scene I guess like the extent to which she went was like out of pure and genuine love and like there was like an aspect of like very deep deceit which like that part I can understand a little bit more When she goes through his wallet and finds the picture of his wife and that kind of like sets into motion the relationship between the main character and the wife at the beauty salon. That was where I felt the most tension in the film. When she was cutting, what was she cutting her nails? And whenever the wife would say something about her husband, she'd like snip closer. I was like, damn, this is good energy. I love this energy. Yeah. I think also it's crazy. It's like the entire time she doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In her situation, like, what would you even say? Honestly, 
and this is not to shit on American films, but I feel like I could see a similar situation in an American film where, like, the person having an affair would sabotage the wife. I don't know, but I feel like her repressed anger in this scene, she was definitely conflicted, but what else was she supposed to do? Like, not not cut this woman's hair, not treat her at the salon? I think a lot of that also has to do with how, like, collectivist the society is, just because, I don't know, even, like, within the scenes, you could kind of tell with the way she was looking at her, like, she was really, like, scoping the situation out. I guess putting that ahead of, like, her feelings, especially because, like, she knows this woman has a kid, and, like, she's, like, in their house, and, like, the woman, like, ends up, like, tipping her at the end, so I don't know. I think there's just, like, so much to it, and, like, she's gauging that, whereas, like, I agree. I think in a lot of American films, there's just so much emphasis on, like, how the individual acts, like, within their own emotions without detailing the entire situation. Definitely, like, the collectivist mindset that's really interesting because I think another storyline that to me I think this was the most powerful one was Rose's storyline in that she ultimately like she meets a man and that's like rare for her age and he clearly likes her and they do little things to spend more time together like she's like oh like do you want me to fix your pants again and you're like rooting for them because you know we all love two old people meeting when they're old and then he finally asks her out on like a formal date and this scene was so heartbreaking like she gets ready she puts her makeup on and everything and then she hears her sister who's kind of mentally debilitated now she hears her like wailing in the background and then last minute she decides not to go on the date because she can't leave her sister and i think that also is a very collectivist mindset, putting her own happiness aside to, I guess, take care of her family. Yeah, and what I loved about that is that there wasn't any, like, silver lining. What I was expecting, because I'm, like, more used to happy American films, was, like, her to open the door and her sister to, like, come together. The scene ended with her crying and her sister, like, wailing for something. It was like, wow. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it was just, like, so emotionally raw. Every one of those scenes, and especially that one, like, I just, I can remember her, like, wiping her makeup off as she was crying, and, like, her sister, like, screaming in the background, and it was really heavy. That's interesting. Also, Sam, that you mentioned there was no silver lining, because I feel like that's what most of the plot lines ended up being. Like, there was no silver lining. It was just, this is how it is, and you're just going to have to accept that. I guess that's why this film, for me, was so powerful is because it wasn't like what lesson should I take away it was just like watching these women live their lives and deal with situations that mirror things that we've all had to or will have to deal with at some point or another was there anything about the movie that didn't really sit well with you guys that's a good question not really I mean like the film itself was good I I just think like the situations each of the characters were in, especially the woman who had to get surgery to like oh my god virginity that was just like it was a lot um but i think it was also just like a very transparent view of what 
society is like and like of course like I'm not Lebanese I can't directly relate to it I don't know the cultures I was like raised in that's such an important and like treasured thing that like seeing her go through that process although there was like a lot of like comedic relief in between like with her and her friends driving in the car and like her them helping her at the doctor's office it was still just kind of like a really fucked up thing fortunately like had to happen to her like what what did she do what is it called when she quote unquote um like unlost her virginity I'm pretty sure it was like a surgery to put her hymen back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene just came so abruptly. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And like, I feel like that also kind of matched in with a larger theme of like shame in the movie because I feel like she felt obviously when she shouldn't, but like, you know, not being a virgin and having to hide it. And then her sister, not her sister, Rose's, Rose felt shame, I guess because she had to take care of her sister and her sister kept on wailing when her crush was over. And then obviously the girl who was in that messy relationship also felt shame for being so attached to him. And then the girl who was hiding her crush on the client. Yeah, I agree. Shame was definitely a big theme. It popped up for like pretty much every character except for the policeman. But what I think was interesting is like how differently each character dealt with that shame. Like, our main character collapsed under the pressure of her shame. Mm. It seemed like there were several moments in the film, especially, like, when she got stood up. Whereas I think, like, other characters, like Rose, very much dealt with her shame, like, head on. And had this shame, but, like, was forced to confront it and deal with it. And it became, like, part of her daily life. Definitely. The one criticism that I would have for the film is that I felt like because there were five main characters essentially and it wasn't a particularly long film, I felt like I knew what each character's issue was and how they dealt with it, but like I had no idea like why that was an issue or like any background. Like I don't feel like I Mm. knew any of the characters. The main character actually I felt like I knew, but even like that, I have no idea why that relationship was happening, how long it had been happening for. Like, I didn't have any context as to what their issues were. I just knew that they had issues. I mean, I kind of like that, like just being thrown into their lives. Because like, I think the director did a really good job of like picking up the pace and like catching you up to each of their situations. And that made it feel more authentic to me, just because like, And just given the nature of the film, how you're like quickly zooming in and out, I think on the contrary, she does a really good job of showing these like multiple stories and also like catching you up to date on them because it's like, it also reinforces this idea that they're all like living their lives. You joining in that story doesn't stop them from living their lives. It's just like showing you a part of it, if that makes sense. I think adding on to that, Remember that the cop that was clearly into the girl who's in a relationship with the man having an affair. And it was like, from the viewer's perspective, it was like, bro, clearly this cop is into you. Like, but obviously she didn't notice because she was too caught up in her little messy situation. And I feel like that was also an example of us just being like thrown into their lives. And from a far away perspective, being like, hello, came into your freaking girl's barbershop and asked like to remove his mustache. That's so whack. But also I thought that he looked better with the mustache. But anyways, it just took her a while to realize what was going on. And we're like, come on, girl, detach yourself from that toxic man. As you were saying, I think it is a really good parallelism 
of like viewers and him just kind of being thrown into the story. I think it's like a really quick character to bring in and also Mm -hmm. I think he's a good way of like bringing the girls together. Them styling him and like them like always seeing him and like interacting with him. Okay, well, this is a question that we ask for albums, but I don't know if we can apply this here, but what type of impact do you think it has on the film industry? I think the film itself was particularly very successful from what I know. Like, it was shown at Cannes and, like, Mm -hmm. New York Film Festival, I think. So I think it was just, like, a great, like, cross-cultural thing just because personally because like a lot of these topics resonate with me it's like really hard to explain to a lot of like my American friends like why certain things are the way they are I guess like my situations tend to vary a lot and like a lot of those similar topics and how they're handled here and the director does a really good job at capturing those complexities and like how society deals with these various issues and these various things because it's just so easy to forget that like where you live and what you live, you think that's the only truth to the world when it's like mm. in so many different societies, everything's interpreted so differently and people have to like, I guess, are, are like kind of forced into situations very differently. Labaki's work, how many like people it reached internationally, there's a lot of important narratives that needed to be told. And I think it did that really well. And I think that kind of brings us into kind of our final question. What were your guys' big takeaways from it? Like what lasting impact do you think it'll have on you going forward? In terms of art, and I felt this way also when I was watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it's just like the gaze of the director is so important. Definitely no man could have expressed these subtle complex conflicts that these women have in their lives regarding like their relationships and their decisions and facing society pressures. And I think that that for me was so powerful how she could portray something that before you watch it seems undescribable. And I think that that just really showed me how important it is to have different directors and producers and artists of so many different backgrounds because she was able to replicate these feelings that I didn't think could be shown on screen and understood on screen even by people who haven't experienced it before. Yeah, I think she does a really good job of like capturing those intricacies just given her background, which I think just like makes such a better world of film having a director of that background. For me personally, I think the idea and aspect of community is super important. While all of these women were dealing with so many different things, at the end of the day, they found solace with one one another. And I think like that's such an important thing to keep in mind, despite the circumstances they were living in, just because that community and that solace is what helped them get through the day. I think that's something that's also just like very cross-culturally inherent, having and finding that community that you can always cherish and, and depend on. Yeah, for me, that also the aspect of what friendship means and how friends support each other. Because I think in a lot of films, you get friendships that just aren't like real life. Like if one of my friends comes to me with a problem, but usually I won't sit down and like talk out the problem and make a plan. <laughs> like usually it's like, haha, like have fun with it. Or like it being oh. <laughs> not like in that Expose way. Expose yourself. But in a way that's like, 
makes a joke out of it. You know, it makes them feel better about that problem. And then if it's like a persistent problem, then we talk about it. Damn, but, you really resonated with that making fun of your friend scene. No, I'm not making fun of my friend. Like what I was trying to say, if someone comes to me with a problem, I'm going to like help them feel better about it before I like go into depth with them. And I think that this film does that really well in terms of friends being like, oh, haha, that's just how it is. And then addressing it through their actions and talking later. I think that's important just because friends not only like help you get out of the situation logically, but like the emotional comfort of it. Yeah. From an outsider's perspective, we're like, girl, get yourself out of this messy relationship. But also we're not like judging her for it, you know? It was portrayed in a way where the viewer wasn't meant to judge them. Overall, wonderful film. So glad you introduced it to us. I literally had never heard it before. Also, I watched it with my parents and they're like, huh? Like, <laughs> they got it the day after. And my dad was definitely way more invested than my mom. My mom was low-key confused. But <laughs> my dad was trying to make a point that he understood what these women were going through. <laughs> I was like, okay, dad. Yeah, and thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been great having you. And do you want to tell them where they can watch it for free for anyone who wants to watch the film on their own? Yeah, so there's this really great website where you can legally stream movies. Hey. It's called Tubi Tube. And like you just, again, like you can type in Carmel or like a lot of indie films are on there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and we hope to have you back sometime in the future. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Two Virgins. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Alina, and we hope you take time to check out Karma. This episode can be found on quarantinecontent.com, as well as our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.